I want us to be at relatively like similar eye levels. But oh well. Oh well. <laughs> what what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Cry about it. Maybe if I sit back a little bit more. Hello there, everyone. Welcome. I, that's not going to go well for the audio podcast. Well, no, I was about to do that. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll go in. Three, two, a one. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, where we're going to be doing something a little novel. <laughs> we're going to be talking about a book. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Kind of a short one, too. But I am one of your hosts, Corey, joined as always by the other host, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder? I'm doing quite well. Uh, this book is sort of a little one because I was like reading it and we get to like the last chapter and I flip over and it's like, what do you, what do you mean epilogue? We, we done this already? Well, uh, but I'm, I'm good. The book does have the option of being slightly longer. Have you ever read The Apprentice? The short story, The Apprentice by Elaine Cunningham, also no, said. No, no. Are you so supposed to? You're not necessarily supposed to. I did for this, so if there's any questions anyone has about The Apprentice... Why don't you sum it up real quick? Uh, if you, if you... Well, uh, do you remember the part in this here book that we're talking about today, Dark Journey, uh, part of the New Jedi Order following up star by star, where they mm -hmm. go and have the scientist on Galinor work on... Uh, helping with them with the gravatic tech. Help them do war. Help them do war crimes. Yes. Experimenting on capture. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So in the book, that section is not particularly in depth. Uh, no, it all happens off page. Almost. Yeah. So that it basically feels just like a chapter was removed from the book to make this short story because that's what it's about. Uh, but without getting too deep into this. We are going to be talking about Dark Journey. It has been several months since we did Star by Star, uh, which I think was a, a decent place to have a bit of a hiatus from these books as we got into the Bad Batch, the Mandalorian, because Star by Star with Anakin's death, that's kind of the midpoint of the war. Coruscant is in the mm. process of falling. We haven't seen too much of the fallout from that. Uh, but mm. from here, we do get to Dark Journey, where Jaina Solo is dealing with the aftermath of Anakin she Solo's thinks her death. brother's dead, too. Yeah, she thinks Jason is dead as well. No one remember, believes. As an audience, do we know whether he is or not? Uh, we don't. We, we know he's kind of captured, but we yeah. like you don't really know what whether he's been sacrificed or because right. especially with uh, in this book, there's the moment like, where he's like crying out in pain, and everyone <laughs> thinks he's dead. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's it's when you reach out and you can't feel your kin in the force. It's that force kin thing that goes on that you're so into. You reach out and you just hear, oof, oof. <laughs> and then Tommy Tallarico chimes in and says that yeah. was his sound effect. But before yeah. we get into the book too deep here, is there any Star Wars news you would like to talk about? It being May the 4th, Star Wars Day, internationally recognized. Take Star Wars Day. Are you more of a Revenge of the Sixth kind of guy? No, but the original Star Wars Day was like, I think it was May, it's May 25th, right? Do you know that story? uh no well the original I can't, I can't remember the story but the original like star wars premiered on may 25th 97 that doesn't sound like a, a punny name i don't care yeah so that was originally um star wars day and then i, I don't know i don't know when the change was made but yeah well there you go so 
that's entirely besides the point of what I asked. Well, we got Visions. I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it? I actually, I haven't. I watched uh, one or two of them in the review period, but I've just been incredibly busy, and I figured uh, individual reviews of the episodes is probably not something I'm going to be doing. So when we decided we were going to be going ahead with this book rather than Visions, I focused on other stuff today. Uh, I am definitely intending on watching it. I'll probably put out like a an overall volume review, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing like anything too deep with any of the individual episodes. It's have you nice watched Jedi Adventures? That... Though? You did watch it? No. Oh, okay. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. It's nice to watch something that I don't feel the uh, feel the need to to break down. Like, I, like I'm not feeling like okay, I, like I got to watch this new thing immediately and immediately break it down. So. It's, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. Same with when uh, the the huge, re- the other really big uh, production, uh, Grogu and the Dust Bunnies came out. Yeah, that was that was the uh, that came out while I was in Halifax, I think, last year. Visiting yeah, you. you and Charlie watched it. I think you yeah. said right. So me and yeah. Charlie, we we got settled down to watch it. And like, what the f- mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I, I was just like with all the Jedi Survivor stuff over the last week, I figured I, I wouldn't go too crazy trying to get stuff ready for immediate release. I'd probably do some over the next weeks. So I, I wasn't yeah. wasn't yeah. stressing over it. I yeah. am excited to watch it. I don't want to give the me impression too. that I'm just being me dismissive. Too. No, no, me, it. too. Just... me too. That looks good. I, I've heard it's as good as the first one. So It is shorter. That's the, the one thing that uh, did make it a bit... <laughs> less daunting for me to get into it because it's the, mm-hmm. with a lot of these that they release all at once i kind of prefer a weekly release schedule uh but the longest of these is like 18 minutes compared to volume one where there were a couple that were like 25 22 etc mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah this is this is a nice uh midpoint i'd say yeah. so although i wouldn't mind it'd be nice if each one had like one longer uh thing but yeah. i guess like um I guess uh, wasn't the ninth Jedi pretty lo- like a significantly longer or no? Was that the twenty-five minute one? Like there was one that was like a standard. Yeah, I think it was. It was the one where they're like on the space station. Wasn't that ninth Jedi? I don't remember the names of any of them. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. This is a nonsense conversation. What's the, what else is new with you, Corey? <laughs> yeah, you got any? Are you new to the podcast? Yeah. Do you got any new? I mean, it's it's even more nonsense than usual. Um, do you got any news? You got any Star Wars stuff you want to well, talk about? Uh, did you see the big tweets of the day? The Star Wars game tweets of the day. I did. I've got a short. I got to record. I got to finish editing on that from uh, Mr. Andy Robinson. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the, it's funny because it's got like twelve likes right now, so it's yeah. not a big tweet. <laughs> uh, the owner and editor of Video Game Chronicle, I think, is the website name. Uh, which is a reasonably sized video game news outlet. So it's a, it's a, at least to some extent, a legit source as far as any rumors can ever yep. be. Uh, but mm-hmm. he has commented saying that uh, there is an unannounced Star Wars strategy game that is being produced by a big studio right now. Uh, so the assumption there is that this would be an RTS. We already know that Bit Reactor is making a turn-based strategy game that's more in line with XCOM, or at least... Mm-hmm. The interview with uh, Greg Forge has implied as much. Seems like it's uh, XCOM, yeah. Yeah, so XCOM's probably the closest analog there. This is a different kind of game by a different company. Uh, so 
RTS is the RTS or four X would be the the safe bets there. So Empire at War fan should be uh, getting excited for an eventual announcement for that. Uh, my opinion. It's been hurt so much, Corey. Come on. What? Well, it might not be anything like Empire at War. Well, so it'll be a strategy game. It could be um, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes two. Sure. Is that is that what that could be? I don't think so. Would they do two? Or yeah, haven't, I, I, haven't they finished I, I one? Think, would you I consider think... the Would you consider them a big developer though? Well, that's why, like, in my video, I mentioned Petroglyph specifically is not a big developer. No. Um, Same. Um, I mean, Galaxy of Heroes is pulling in a lot of money, so like what's the i'm trying to remember what's the dev for that it's um cg something yeah oh yeah cg That's capital games yes um which or ea Mo they, they are now i think just a ea mobile as well so yeah i could see it being a mobile game but i don't think it's going to be like a gotcha game the i mean the strategy is the gotcha game. i mean it's not really a strategy like strategy game as implied by the tweet the one bit of information that we may have and i don't know that there's many mobile developers that do that zenga is already making a star wars game allegedly someday mm -hmm. might come out uh yeah. but yeah i i my opinion is that like big developer cannot mean petroglyph and petroglyph is uh they're just finishing up with the Great War, and they're probably still working primarily on Great War support. So there's 0% chance in my mind that Petroglyph has been working on a Star Wars game that is worth commenting on from anyone or that anyone would know about. So I, as much as Empire War is a big part of my life, if I am Lucasfilm Games, I am probably not going to Petroglyph for a new... Big oh Star no! Wars I mean, if they are going to do another Empire at War, they're going to do a Battlefront Two style, where they just call it Empire at War, and it's got the same name, but it's like completely new, in my opinion. Yeah. So i I could believe a mobile strategy game. I could believe an RTS. I could believe a four X game, like Paradox style or Creative Assembly style. I don't believe Petroglyph has any chance of being involved in whatever this is right now, at least. So mm -hmm. yeah. That's the that's the news as I am aware of it. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really. We gotta have a Jedi Survivor talk soon. Yes. Um, I wanted to wait until the like it's a bit soon for us to get into like a full spoiler talk. People are still long playing game. through it. Yeah. So, what do you think of the backlash that's been getting fair? uh too much not enough i've been seeing some people talking about how they feel like betrayed by ea and respawn and i, I think that's a bit far but okay. uh i mean i i no, feel like I, it'll I, be i am mad at ea and respawn not as a consumer well yeah as a consumer but also i don't like the position they put us in with the uh with the um footage for their preview right um like I mentioned, it felt a bit choppy, but we were also running on the top of the line PCs and without footage to show that it's like, I'm more focused. You got four hours, you know, yeah. um, and you're playing on like a, a, a PC specifically designed to run the game. Yeah. Um, 
But our reviews weren't based on that. That was just the preview stuff. No, no, you're right. And I I will say I felt good because my review started off with like three, four minutes of just straight up technical issues. Um, But like, I just, I'm just so disappointed the game launched in like, there's no way they didn't know. Yeah, I think with, uh, I mean, it depends on what their development setup is. The thing is, the, the the fact that the consoles don't run well either is what I think it should be the big giveaway the there. PS5 is, is okay, at least. Yeah, like the... I, it It's very difficult developing PC stuff and console stuff simultaneously when dealing with so many possible combinations of hardware and software where something can go wrong and like you can easily overlook something that's going to cause performance issues for even most of the player base. But yeah. the fact that consoles are standardized and it was as bad as it was there is it clearly needed like another year like people are saying it need another month like i don't know much about game development it feels like it need another like six months maybe well part of it is that you're getting more more information on how it's running and what the possible issues could be in three days uh, or even just the first day of it being released than you would get in a year of developing it in-house like you're still Mm going to end up with some issues at the end of that year well incurring a lot more costs so if you're getting in the space of like two or three weeks a few patches out compared to waiting a year and then still having to do patches like i've seen so much stuff something that really pisses me off i'm not discounting what you're saying but Mm -hmm. something that pisses me off is the idea that like no games were like this like gaming never used to be like this which is just factually inaccurate it's just people focus on the ones that weren't or Totally. Yeah, I seen that take too. I saw that from um oh what's his name? The buy sell weight guy. Um he's oh what's his name? He's like one buy, of the sell? big video- Is that when you only have sex with two people? No. <laughs> no, he's like the he's like a big games reviewer and the only the only review he gives is buy rent or not buy sell, buy rent or wait. Okay. Uh, yeah, but anyways, he was uh, games have always been like this. Uh I do think like nowadays there's there is maybe more of it because they know they can slap a bandit on it later. But like some of these issues were like, again, I know very little about the technical side of it, but like I watched the, um, the, the tech breakdown of like the frames and stuff. And like, there are certain points where it's like anyone would kind of see this, you know, whether it's like textures compiling or whatever. Um, uh, sorry, but one big one with that, during review, especially before the day zero patch, which mostly fixed it, I don't know if you came across it, was when you're going to hyperspace, the game would yep. turn into a fucking screenshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I, it would go down to like legitimately two frames a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big issue. Also, all of my cutscene audio broke um, completely. Like I would have people repeating their lines. Thankfully, I had um, the, the subtitles on, but that all seemed to got, get fixed. Um, I didn't have but... a single issue like that in the cutscenes when I was playing. Like mm-hmm. I had some textures displaying improperly, where like Cal's face would break, and you'd see kind of the the spec map get rendered wrong. But I didn't have any issues with like the the audio. So that was something that I missed. Yeah, for me, it would like the first one I had was when they're leaving Coruscant in the Z ninety five, and Cal says his line. So there's like Cal says his line in the game. There's complete silence, and then literally like 10 seconds later he says it but like and then he repeats it again and then it, it's just like completely broken um so yeah it happened to me during the the very last cutscene of the game 
Uh, and it happened to me during the second to last boss fight as well. So mm-hmm. kind of uh, kind of hurt the experience a little bit. But I figured those ones would be a lot easier to fix than just like... Like I've never... I haven't seen anyone getting like above consistent 60 frames per second, yeah. even on PC, which is pretty remarkable considering it is a very demanding game. And I'm glad they they decided to go next gen only. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, like the that's kind of what's indicating to me that it like it's gotta be a weird bottleneck somewhere that isn't entirely gated by your GPU yeah. strength. Yeah. Like it's not it's not even just that no one can get above that many frames. It seems like it doesn't even scale that much based on your GPU, or even necessarily that much based on your uh graphic settings. So Yeah, I had people so I've got a um, uh what is it a 3800 Ti and a 5950X CPU. And people are like, well, that's not really a gaming CPU. It's better for editing. I'm like, okay, sure. But it's also like, it was like a $1,000 CPU and it's like an $1,800 graphics card. Like, if you can't, if I can't run it, like, that's an issue. Not to be like cocky or, you know, whatever, but. Especially with how the game was like so heavily advertised, like developed with AMD like yeah but yeah it, it's it's such a persistent problem with AAA releases that like it's it's hard to put the blame too much on any individual developer while simultaneously being such a weird systemic issue that like it clearly it's not a good thing to keep happening but like we were talking about Elden Ring where Game of the year, everyone fucking loves it. But if you look back at that first week of release, like we streamed Elden Ring day one. Tried to, yeah. It was basically unplayable for us with pretty good computers, like far worse than Jedi Survivor. Yeah, Elden Ring was worse. Like at least there were some frames for Jedi Survivor. Elden Ring. But I remember with Elden Ring, I was able to fix it. Um, Because like I remember I, I ended up playing a lot the first night, I had to really drop the settings down. But I was able to fix it. That's kind of the weird thing about this. I can run ray tracing on ultra and I get really similar to the similar amount of frames yeah. to when I'm on low with everything off. Um, but yeah. it's, it's they're, they're really lucky. They put out an amazing game. Like, like I've got some issues with the game, but uh, I mean, I've got 40 hours in it right now, probably. Yeah. Um, and it's phenomenal. But they're lucky like they're lucky they've got so much goodwill which is kind of funny because they did have a bad pc launch on the first game um but and they're lucky the game itself is really good uh so we'll probably we'll do a full episode on like the story and everything probably talk more about the performance stuff uh next week we are not going to have an episode most likely Mm -hmm. uh i see very little chance of that happening but maybe the week after that it'll be enough time you think yep all right so by the way yeah, I was I was watching you struggle with that live. I came back like right as you finished it after ditching you and leaving you to your pain for a while. Uh, mm. But Dark Journey uh, by Elaine Cunningham, number book number ten, I think. There's nine new Jedi Order just, books after this. Yeah, we just this is like right the midway point, right? Yeah, but I think it's nineteen books in total. There's nine left after this. So uh, Do I set the stage. So yeah, the. The last book, Star by Star, the young Jedi Knights all went to Merkir. They destroyed the Voxens. Uh, I, I guess the, the Voxen is the name of the wrong one, but it's a 
a bioengineered creature that was made to hunt Jedi by the Yuuzhan Vong, so the strike team went and killed the Voxen Queen. The Voxen are gone, but it came at the cost of a bunch of side characters introduced in the book, but more importantly, Anakin Solo, uh, one of the the second major character death, I'd say, of the series. Like, There's been some other deaths, Elagosa Claws up there, but for like long-standing characters that you probably think are safe, uh, the Solo family yep. has now lost Chewbacca and Anakin, and this book is dealing with the uh, the aftermath of the escape. So the surviving members of the Mercure Strike Team have stolen a ship from the Yuuzhan Vong. Jane is kind of in command of them while dealing with Anakin's death and Jason's capture. Um, mm. They decide to take refuge in the Hapes Consortium. So the story of this book is basically how Tachum, uh, which is the former queen of Hapes, is trying to set up Jaina to marry her son, Princess Solder, who had formerly mm-hmm. been a suitor of Princess Leia. Big family drama there. Uh, Jaina's going through some some dark side issues. She's arguably having a dark journey. She Oh, shit. That's why the book... Oh, <laughs> that, those guys. I was like, why is this called dark... They've been on one... Oh. <laughs> See, I was thinking they didn't go very far. Yeah. Uh, but Jaina's also... Where's trying to... in Star Wars canon? It's the same place, but it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't appeared in anything yet. It's been mentioned, I think, once or twice. I don't think so. I just looked it up. It's only been in. It's 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 only been mentioned a couple of times in in reference books, just on a map. Maybe so. we'll get there. I hope uh, so. Yeah. So we're dealing with how Jaina is uh, dealing with the loss of Anakin. Really, so, not well. No, not well. She's also but, trying to be pimped off to like nine different people. This is a big um, problem with the new Jedi Order. Like Jaina literally, she's not even 18 at the start of the series. She's 17, I think, at the start of the series. But basically, any time that she is appearing in these books, any time that the books focus on her, because they're usually focusing on Jason mm-hmm. and Anakin up till now, there's at least some subplot of a creepy old man trying to sleep with her in some way. Yeah, I will say, um, I think so there's with Kip in particular, there's one instance where he says uh, something like about how he would be like committing a great crime against the Solo family. Do you remember that line? Yeah. I kind of read that that one in particular more about if he took Jaina under his wing and like let her do all the evil shit she kind yeah, of wanted to but do. But there was the prior stuff with him with the yes. Cern Pidal thing where he is like very yes. clearly hitting on her. And I think she's not 18 at that point either. Not that like yeah. the weird fucking internet thing where they have the countdown for some female celebrities isn't creepy because they were kind of doing that with Jaina as well. And that's what was happening before. But at least now she's 18 and like it's a it's a small it's a low limbo or it's a high limbo bar, but they still made it under it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Prince's older is probably the weirdest one. Uh, At although, least it's not a soldier that's yeah. trying to do that. But he, he agrees to it. Considers it. But he agrees to it. Ultimately, agrees to it. It's pragmatic. Yeah, it's not because like, it's be a, a pedophile to say, Well, not a pedophile. Would you be a creep to save your your people? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, I did also. I I always love. I I really like these characters. The uh, the courtship of Princess Leia characters. I just love when they they continually pop up uh, over and over again. And this book had lots of that. It had lots of tie-ins as well to uh, the Young Jedi Knight series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
lots of talking about like the uh the shadow academy and stuff um obviously um Tenel cause a major character in this and she kind of this kind of sets her on a path that separates her from the rest of her Je- jedi um also lots of like reflecting about how things are different like at one point they're like climbing a mountain they're in tunnel cause like we can't keep our body as fit as we could when we were students yeah i was like yeah i can relate to that <laughs> yeah and th- there's there's too much talking about their bodies so it's there is more of the uh young jedi knights references in the apprentice which again just reads like it's a cut chapter from this but they do mention mm. MTD, who doesn't get mentioned in all the... Um... He gets mentioned once. Does he get mentioned in the actual book? Okay. Yeah, because they're talking about not being able to understand Lobaka. Right. Yeah. It, once. Jaina asks Loey if, uh, if he misses MTD in the, oh. uh, in the short story. Which and? Loey says no. What the fuck? Everyone knows he's lying. He has to keep oh, up really? appearances. Okay. Jaina yeah, hugs like him right after. Loey, okay, like poor Loey, just gets abused heavily in this book. He's just he's so loyal. He gets his yeah. friends killed for Jaina because Jaina yeah. tells him to bring in some Wookies to uh, help with the technical side of trying to trick the Yuuzhan Vong. Because uh, basically, what Jaina's trying to do in this book, she's trying to fix up the the frigate they stole, the Kastar, which she renamed to the Trickstar. Uh, and they're trying to play with the the gravity tech, which they kind of they know the Yuzon Vong use from Yamis, thanks to Danny Kui's work and all the prior books. Uh, so Jane is trying to take some of the principles from that and basically make a little a thing that they can fire at other Yuzon Vong ships to modify their gravitic signatures, which is how the Yuzon Vong are able to. It's basically like Yuzon Vong transponder codes. So Jaina is firing little Yuzon Vong transponder codes onto enemy ships. To make them think it's she's the basically stolen a frigate. troll. Yeah, she's basically a troll at this point. Uh, she's fully embracing the. Uh, is it Yunharla? I think yes. is the trickster god. And like, I just imagine she keeps talking about like the symbol it has, and I just imagine it's like the troll face, like from the old uh, Rage <laughs> comic memes. Um, yeah, this is in because she's trying to figure out a way to fight back. And and you're right, or Corey explained it well how if you can kind of she's found a way to get them where she wants them to be and she's like also personally or purposefully antagonizing them as much as possible um so we're gonna see more of that as it goes on but yeah she's also um she's also falling to the she uses force lightning in this one she like forcefully performs medical experiments on people she sacrifices a bunch of people yeah. uh so she's down a She's going down a really dark path, and she's got Kipter on by, his, by her side, who's probably not right now the best person to shepherd her through that. No. She, uh, to research and test out the gravitic signature stuff, she's sending up pilots under her command to literally just do suicide missions. They keep exploding. She keeps sending them up. I think they're Haven pilots, so like it's yeah. how'd she get this much authority over them is kind of weird. You'd think Tenelka would be like, this is not very epic. Uh, but yeah. the Haven seem pretty eager to give up command of their unit or their forces to anyone else. Like Tanelka mm. at the end of the book just gives its entire freshly built Haven fleet, replacing all their losses from them being destroyed by center point station. Five ships, apparently. There, there were more than that. 
Well, she says five large ships and then many smaller ones. So I don't know if they like. If well, that's just the one that made it there something. on time. But uh, no, that's the one she's looking on her little ring thing. Yeah, but there, there's got to be more that are out there because they yeah. lost a lot at Fondor. It was not just yeah. Oh yeah, and they like were saying they ships. replaced most of them already. So they yeah. they probably just brought in a task force and like this is at their this is on Hapes. Like the Havens are quite simply built different. Did they just lose their entire like command structure at Fondor though? I think they kind of just rule based on like who's the hottest woman. Jankenfell isn't the hottest woman though. <laughs> He's not ruling though. He's just temporarily got a little control. Just a little control. Yeah, but like they're He's a he's a fighter squadron commander, and he is the person who Tenel calls like you know what it's you. There's the the explanation for this is probably that literally everyone else is trying to kill her family in this book. Mm -hmm. So who can you trust? Who knows? Yeah, but we do get actually another big legends character death in this book. Uh, they do Tenennial Joe dirty. She's wasting away in her room after. Oh yeah. The the force echoes of that was weird. The the Fondor fleet being destroyed have left her uh, not so hot. She has a miscarriage because of the force, and which is kind of not a cool thing for the force to do. Well, think about what would have happened on Alderaan. Like there, if there's anyone with like slight force training, but I guess not enough to shield their mind, did that turn people into denials here? Could have. Could have. Yeah. Although maybe it was because Jason's force sensitive. He like does like the it maybe I just imagine him doing like a Palpatinian shriek, like you know, Palpatine's jump. He goes and he jumps out like towards uh Mace Windu. Like I imagine it's just that. So it's like extra potent. And that's how he kills uh Tachum? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. S sound moves very slowly. <laughs> and only through uh, a medium, so but um yeah, that was weird. I was like, I was trying to remember. I was like, isn't there something about her holding on to the pregnancy? And I was like, oh no, that's Tenelka. Yeah. <laughs> Who like keeps the baby cooking for extra time. Yeah. Yeah. After, I mean, we lose Tenennial Joe here. She gets poisoned. Isolder and Tachum are still around for a little while. But, yep. uh, well, they're around for her till, till Legacy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Legacy of the Force, not Legacy. Mm, yeah, like I said, the Force. I mean, yeah, but that's not that's not super long from now. I guess it's fifteen years. It's it's a fair amount, yeah. Especially for Tachum, who's like <laughs> she do be old. Yeah, I feel like she's probably in her like sixties. Uh Han is in his sixties. Yeah, is he sixty? Isn't he like almost sixty? Because isn't it? Isn't he 30 in A New Hope and it's 27 now? Yeah, this now? is 25 years later. Yeah, 27 yes. years later. Yeah, so he's almost 60. Like, Luke and Leia are what, 47 then? Yeah. 49, yeah. So she's probably 70, 80? Like, I think yeah. a soldier was older than Leia. In or 45, the... 45. Yeah, because 18, 19? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, all the characters are older than you'd think. Like Mara mm -hmm. has been mid to late forties. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and, but I mean, it's also just like we have lots of old. I mean, she's also like a queen, basically, yeah. on a like or at least a, a royal on a very rich, very um, very well off and scientifically minded place. So I'm not surprised she lives quite a while longer until she gets the brain zap to her. Well, yeah, we get the uh, in uh, someone in the chat saying as old as actually younger than Luke and Leia. Okay, could be because I remember he is described as as young um, compared to Han, anyway. But whatever. Well, Tenelka, I do kind of wish Tenelka was used a bit more in the book. Like yeah, she too. has a few good scenes, but like it being on Hapes and especially dealing with like the loss of Jason, we get uh, like mm-hmm. the the loss of Jason is pretty early in the book, where Tenelka kind of like opens herself to the force while fighting uh some Hapen pirates and or peace brigade slash Hapen pirates yeah but uh so she feels jason's presence then it goes away uh which convinces everyone including tenel ka and jaina that and luke that jason has died but leia's like mm, no yeah so and then tenel ka we get I think our first NJO uh one of our first NJO ad- acknowledgments of their like semi relationship from earlier. There's a bit of it in Star yeah. by Star, but it feels a little bit disjointed. because uh, like she Jason's says very been, clearly in this one, she'd loved him forever, basically. Yeah. And was disappointed that Jason didn't seem to reciprocate. But didn't they like didn't they kiss or something in Star by Star as well? I feel mm. like that happened. I might be making that up. It's a very long book. It's like yeah, six maybe. months ago. Yeah, I don't remember them kissing. I feel like they maybe have like they kiss in Young Jedi Knights, maybe. Mm. In the I think on the in the Bespin one, there's like something more overt than the nothing from yeah. prior books, or just the one side of Jason Crush that we see, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, so she gets really upset about Jason being supposedly dead for some reason. Oh, you know. But I think the way Kip was handled with this is actually pretty interesting because yeah. early on, uh, he talks, he feels it, and he was like, well, I didn't even like the fucking kid. Why am I feeling this? And he talks about kind of how he sees Jason as this spoiled, useless guy uh, and like he's only ever been spoiled and it's a uh, terrible person ready to let the galaxy burn. Uh, but then he talks about Jaina later and he calls her a Jedi princess, but then like corrects it and says, it's not that she's spoiled or ruined by that or anything when like they had the same upbringing. And I think this yeah. was an intentional way to show how Kip is being kind of unreasonable and projecting his own yeah. dislike of Jason's inaction as he sees it during the Yuzon Vong war. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's well said. Kip is definitely interesting in this one, and it's everyone is walking a very gray line here. Well, not everyone, but Kip and Jaina especially. We're like, yeah, they they want the right thing, but Jaina especially is going really far down the path, and she's also just like, it's reflecting on the fact that she's just always awful to everyone she talks to. Mm-hmm. Um because like one thing we're getting in this book is Jag fell. I think he'd only been in one prior one, maybe. I could be wrong about that. Um, but Jag fell is pretty nice, and like she realizes in this one that she's 
there's like lots of little they're always getting embarrassed around each other and and you know but she realizes kind of pretty near the end that she probably really likes him but uh he's always really nice to her and she she's just awful to him yeah she's like she misinterprets almost everything he says uh because he's thinking that she's going to uh marry a soldier and yes. become yeah, like just looking for heap and power most annoying moment of the book sorry yeah but he uh, says basically like just remember your station like you don't need to rise in the ranks at all and she thinks that he's talking about marrying like or getting with him when yeah. like i don't know i don't really think that being the a son of a baron in the chistes because like what is a baron a baron's supposed to be someone who gets a lot of starfighter kills like yeah yeah obviously soon tier who we do see in this one has been elevated but uh but yeah yeah the i i like jaina's arc i feel like kip is a little weirder and that's kind of a fault of everyone it's not a uh, problem necessarily with just this book, but I feel like this book goes with all angles on it, where with the way that authors handle Kip, they either hold him responsible for what he did in Jedi Academy, or they say that's entirely Exarchin. And well, he's always got a contentious relationship with Luke, no matter what's happening. Like, I think his uh want for proactivity his like flirting with the dark side at least is a good storyline i think what happens here is we kind of get him pulling away from that by the end because jaina pulls away from it and because mm -hmm. jaina realizes that she's being manipulated by tachum she has a vision or two where yep. she kind of sees the end results of the actions she's taking sees that like the ends don't always justify the means and maybe luke has a bit more of a point with his holding back and that's enough to kind of pull Kip back a bit. And I just, it feels less convincing for him than her. Mm -hmm. Where her changing her mind has more of an effect on Kip than I think is warranted. But almost because the this book pushes him more consciously towards, like, he knows he's using the dark side or whatever than we've gotten before. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. And there is still like that one scene where she uses force lightning, and it kind of like doesn't even really talk about it. She kind of just mm -hmm. like does it, and then I think she talks about doing it again when they're in space. Um, but yeah, I a lot of this was all very sudden, and I'm kind of curious of how they because I don't remember how this is kind of handled in subsequent books. Like if Jaina is not really the focus anymore. And they kind of just ignore that and she's just good again. I think that'll be a little bit frustrating. I think that's what happens because Jaina is like, what's next? We got Traitor in Destiny's Way and then we have the enemy line stuff, which she's not really in. I well, actually, Rebel, she is. Isn't Rebel Stand next? Uh, is it next? Maybe. But that's enemy lines one, one and two. Yeah. 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 But uh, I know I think we go to. Maybe you're right, but. She must be in there because that's when Jansen hits on her. Mm. So she's in there. But I think so at the end of the book, it's how she's like, she feels like she needs to hide her dark side slide from everyone. Yeah. And that's what it's really like. 
you end the book with her done with her dark journey, essentially, rather than it being something that she is going to be dealing with until uh, Dark Nest. Yeah. But because the focus goes so much more heavily as far as like the the force uh, affinities that goes to Jason. Yeah. And she goes back to being more the we're going to kill some Yuzon Vong. Mm hmm. But it's not dark now. Yeah. Have we seen Kip use Force Lightning before? I don't think so. I think Jaina is the only really real one who has um, so far. Maybe she uses it on him. I can't remember. Yeah. And he's like, if I can summon it, I can dissipate it. Yeah. Like, can you summon it? <laughs> yeah. Do we? Um. The other kind of big thing, we get a little bit of Yuzhan Vong stuff where I believe introduced to um, what's his name's nephew, um, Savon Law's, Law's nephew, or is it his son? I think I it's remember. his son. His son, yeah. And we're also learning that Savon Law is having a little bit of issues, which I think started in one of the earlier books where one of his, um, well, he just got his, actually, I know he just got his arm chopped off for the Battle of Coruscant as a sacrifice and the new buyout's not taking, which yeah. is like, it's a really bad really bad sign basically means the gods aren't fucking with you right now um and what was i gonna say and yeah so that's part of the reason why they're so heavily chasing jaina because there's a belief in yuzhan vong society that um twins they have they're like they're very rare among the vong um so they want to capture jaina because they believe that she's you know got some great powers and more so signifies like a new uh coming of age plus there's the fact that she's kind of embodying this trickster god so she's like they really want they really want her right now yeah like they i think this is when the vong learned that luke and leia are twins as well yeah or at least harar does yeah so they're kind of losing their shit over all this and then they have everything that jane is doing they find out what's going on by the end, and Kali Law uh, decides to just kill himself over the embarrassment of not capturing Jaina. But I kind of like the Harar and Kali Law dynamic. They they were a fun Yuzon Vong duo. Yeah, um, it's always kind of interesting where like Harar, he actually does because like the Vong believe in the gods to varying degrees. Um, where like sometimes, you know, for some of them, if they have a limb not taking, it's like clearly just a medical thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what's going on? Am I being poisoned? Where others are like, okay, this is the gods have smited me. And yeah. Harar is pretty pragmatic, but he's definitely on the, um, the gods have smited me side or not smited me, have smited Savon Law. So we have to appease them. Yeah. Uh, that was the take I got anyway. He's at least aware of the appearances that he's supposed to keep. Because, mm -hmm. like, he's very pragmatic about the the stuff at the end with Kaylee as, as well, where, like, rather than just say he's been disgraced or turned into an issue that way, they both concoct the plan to get him killed and, like, make it look like he was killed in battle. So he's clearly not 100% bought into, like, you always have to go with the system. Yeah. Yeah, they did have an interesting dynamic where um, 
where Savon or sorry, Kelly Law is kind of cheeky, like he's sort of acting above his station sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um Harar's kind of for it. Like he he finds it funny because he's like he's so straight, he's such a straight shooter. Like he'd call it bullshit even though it's sometimes maybe yeah. not appropriate. Yeah, and I feel like he he does remain a, a pretty major character for the next little while at least. So yeah. even if he doesn't have his uh his little angry buddy Kaylee around, uh I, I do like me some Harar. I know early on the, the general feeling was that uh the Yuzon Vong characters are just hard to keep track of, but I think he's one him and Namenor are two that stand out pretty well, I think, in the series. And Savon Law, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. For me, like Nam, like Namenor, Savon Law, those two are like the main ones. Um, and then uh, what's his name too? Shimra, obviously. Although we haven't we haven't really seen too much of him yet. A couple times, I guess. He is is he in the galaxy yet? Like, does he make it mm-hmm. in for Star by Star? Because mm-hmm. he comes for the shaping of Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we've seen him, but I can't remember exactly. I think so far it's just been in like Villip appearances rather than him yeah, actually being be. there yet. But yeah, it it's just be. been so long since Star by Star. Uh, yeah. There is something with the Jaina storyline that kind of annoyed me with uh, like her character development when okay. they're talking about. Uh, I think it's close to when Jane is reunited with her parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about like unfair comments and stuff that Han had made and Leia and Jane had made. And yep. I feel like it kind of sweeps away some of the fair points that Jaina had about like Han and Leia not being particularly present parents. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Um, and I feel like we get more of that in later series um, than we do here, but it sweeps away a lot of that and also just kind of the depth of how they portray like Han's sadness after Chewie dies yeah. as well and like it, it is Anakin's death I feel like could have used more attention just generally yeah. um, especially where they think both the kids are well Leia doesn't think but yeah yeah like I, I understand they're trying to show growth and how like Han has moved past the Chewie style of mourning but like they don't act like two parents that just lost one no. potentially two of their kids in this book no it's like eh, well <laughs> What can you say? <laughs> I guess my face will blanch anytime someone comes and gives me news, but other than that, mm-hmm. probably okay. <laughs> like, they just feel like they're acting entirely normally. There's not yeah. really much of a reaction. Leia cries yeah. once, and then Luke feels a bit weird about saying anything about Ben for a scene. So Yeah, yeah. But I mean, otherwise, not a whole lot happens in this novel. We get kind of Tenelka does take control of the, she's kind of the new, uh, not really official, but she will be the new queen mother. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you really want to mention about how it moves forward? The story is a pretty self-contained one compared to some of the other ones we've read so far. Yeah, I, I think uh, some decently strong character work. I do think uh, it, we get a good amount of exploration of the Hapen society here. We hear yeah. more about the extended family of the of the hapens we get the nakorish appearance which are mm. the the sect of jedi haters that are yeah. 
Uh, technically, I think like Tatum is commanding them, but then she just sells them out right at the yeah. end. Like, oh, we're gonna yeah. kill them all. Don't worry. After they kill Tenennial Joe, because uh, basically yeah. that was named after. I think that's the name of her, her mother, mother. I think. Yeah, uh, is Nikorish, and it was they were. She was a big Jedi hater. Uh, she's the one who was rumored to be uh, sleeping with Palpatine, I think, rather than Tachum, because that was a thing that... Oh, I don't remember was... that. Yeah, so it's I think it's just like a, a reference book thing. It might be from the Essential Atlas, where mm. it kind of talks about the Hapes Cluster and like in-universe like theories and conspiracies for why Palpatine right. didn't invade them. And right. one of the, the fake in-universe ones was that uh, the reason that the Empire didn't invade the Hapens was because Palpatine was uh, banging the Queen Mom. Good for him. Um, yeah, I remember she she quite openly hates Jedi. In uh, like, there's a scene in I, I think uh, courtship where she kind of says that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, and so Tanelka being like full on Jedi, Dathomiri witch, and Hapen is uh, yeah, not. It's like the word, yeah. You don't hope for that for your kid if you're, if you're her. Well, she doesn't get a say anymore. Nope. It forces Tanelka to make that decision. It it kind of feels like sidelining of Tanelka for a long time, yeah. which is unfortunate. Uh, she, but does she does get sidelined. She really does. Like yeah. she ends up staying mostly on the planet pretty much the entire time, from what I remember. Yeah. Until Jason comes by, swings by, knocks her up, and just leaves. Yeah, there's like two more scenes with her and Jason together, basically. But there's a there's a bit more in Darkness. But like throughout the NJO, like it's not just because I'm uh, a Jason Tenelka shipper, but like mm-hmm. the there's not really much acknowledgement of her or their relationship until Star by Star, where Jason is like immediately on to Danny Kui and like she doesn't get mentioned much. Loey's around a fair bit. Zex around a lot more as well. Yep. But Tenelka yep. kind of feels like not even just that she's not there as much, but there's just such a distance between her and Jaina, especially, mm-hmm. even when they are together, and even before this, where it, it just doesn't feel like they're particularly close. Uh mm-hmm. and it's not even that it's been that long since the end of the Young Jedi Knight stuff. It's been maybe one or two years. But yeah, there's just less impact to Tenelka's uh, multiple times where she's making the sacrifice of like going to stay with the Hapens more and taking this leadership position where it just already feels like that sacrifice has been made and she's been sidelined so much, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's kind of sad. She, I feel like she should have been a bit more present. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Uh, but that's kind of my, the rest of my thoughts on this the book. Anything else you want to say maybe about Jag? You kind of covered him, but yeah, I, I honestly need a little more of Jag before I really have thoughts on him. I like I like him as a character. He's he's fun. Uh, he's kind of like a lot of the character, a lot of the men characters, like the young men, get written into like perfect romance character. Like his only flaw was that sometimes he was a bit too serious. Like okay, <laughs> you know. Um, otherwise, no. I thought it was I thought it was good. Well, there is the the long term story with Jag where we have to track. Uh, Star Wars is increasing acceptance of the fact that maybe we should end this story on the note of maybe authoritarianism isn't that bad as long as it's someone we like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, we'll get to that. We, we've got we've got a couple series before we get there. 
I don't think we've got any questions specifically on Dark Journey. Uh, there is one from Joel that's a bit more about a wider NJO setup. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, there's nothing else specifically on Dark Journey. Uh, maybe we'll just take this one question from Joel for this week, and we do want to have, in the very near future, a very uh, more comment question-focused episode. Yeah. Uh, but Joel's question was, what do you make of the argument among fans that Del Rey and Lucasfilm published backtrack publishing backtracked on the new Jedi Order series after it was done, reverting back to the Jedi versus Sith battles and almost leaving the air to dry? Something I see a lot in places like the old Jedi Council forums that tend to have mostly negative opinion among its fans on the post-NJO material in the post-Endor era. Love to hear your thoughts on the perception of that era. I mean, they obviously do in a way where, like, a lot of it gets swept under the rug for completely... Like, there's a lot to tell about the galaxy having to be rebuilt, and I, mm -hmm. I don't think they swept it away because of, like, they didn't like the story, although maybe that was it. I honestly feel like it was mostly about they wanted to make a series without having people without necessitating for people to read a 19 book yeah. prologue series, basically. Uh, I think that's just kind of the nature of uh, like the storytelling at the time there where they were less tied into, you know, right now they're making like a lot of the stories. You got the High Republic era, which is definitely its own thing. Um and that does require a lot to really get into it. But a lot of the stories now are also just one-off tie-ins to whatever's popular. So, Yeah, I I think part of it, probably not the best time to go into a long discussion about this, but I think part of it is that when stories in Star Wars are so focused on a core set of characters that have influence over every part of the galaxy, it's much harder to have uh, those kinds of stories that are able to uh, to connect different parts of the universe without without always requiring knowing everything yeah. else that's going on. Like if yeah. you look at the way new canon works versus legends, there are a lot more books, games, whatever that are taught that are focusing on characters that might not ever interact with like on Luke and Leia. Like yeah. back then, the odd thing out or having books that weren't about them was pretty rare. Uh, even the books that theoretically weren't had a lot of them in it like the x-wing books had a lot of mentions of them they were tied into the higher levels of the new republic government uh like mm -hmm. rogue squadron was whereas now if you look at the kinds of stories we're getting like bad batch jedi survivor uh kenobi slightly different in that but like the story in kenobi is a lot more self-contained and we're getting connections between jedi survivor and the high republic or Bad Batch in the High Republic, but it's the background world-building elements rather than character arcs. Like, you don't need to have read the High Republic to understand Jedi Survivor. Yeah. So it's hard to do that when you're getting the background and the character stories from them. It is kind of weird. Like, it does read kind of weird going from the end of NJO to Dark Nest, having, like, Coruscant is just fine now. Um, yeah. And it's made such a big deal of. And, like, Nash Choka makes his kind of alliance with them to go and hunt down Yuzon Vong remnants. So I feel like the other enemies are different enough that it's not a full reversion to Jedi versus Sith. Like you get that in Fate of the Jedi, but they're mm -hmm. working with the Sith in that. They're not fighting against the Sith per se in a lot of it because it's yeah. Abeloth that they're dealing with instead. And the Dark Nest is a bunch of bug orgies. So I think they were going for more of a variety in enemy types. and They didn't want to just 
have Yuzan Vong book number 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the difference also, too, is that, like, right now, the main, like, plot line, the story is being driven ahead by, um, is being driven ahead by movies and TV shows, which mm -hmm. is a lot, like, it's a lot more mainstream than books. So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's a lot, like, it's a lot easier to require people to pass knowledge when it's in a, in a book or I mean, sorry, in a, in a TV show or a movie. Yeah, I think that's true too. Yeah. All right. Uh, that I think is going to do it for this week. Again, we will not be having an episode next week. Uh, 99% chance. Uh, but week after that, we'll do our Jedi survivor episode. Uh, and then maybe we do the following book the following week. We'll have to see exactly how mm -hmm. things shake we'll out. out, but we'll, I do want to try to get, through more of the NJO before Ahsoka comes out. So no more six month gaps between NJO mm -hmm. books. But, uh, but yeah, so we're about to go and play some of the Star Wars event in Fortnite. That'll be live on youtube.com slash ECKSTOO as well as twitch.tv slash Corey Loses. Anything else to say to the nice people, Justin? Um, get your Fortnite battle passes done. Get them done heard him yeah even the there's a free stormtrooper in there or a clone trooper in there so do it see ya do it now <laughs>